0: Laugh at this next
1: part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That.
0: Who likes these? Uh We should have this person locked up and
1: looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Merz and David Horning on this week's episode. We're doing things a little bit differently. This week, since we didn't have a guest lined up, we decided to do a segment called You Can't Laugh At That, yet. Where we take a joke that one of us is working on and we talk about it. We introduce new perspectives. We talk about why it's funny, uh, what's funny about it, and how to make it better. Because comedy is a process. So this is a bit that I've been working on that has gone over pretty well so far, but there are still parts that I want to make better. There are still, who knows, there could be more to it than I even am aware of. So enjoy this episode of You Can't Laugh At That. Hey, this is David from You Can't Laugh At That. Make sure you follow us on social media, on Facebook and on Twitter at YouCan'tLaughPod. Make sure you go to GoldenOxStudio.com if you're interested in learning how to record a podcast at Goldenox Studio. Jeremy also works remotely, so if you are not in the Cleveland area, you can still get your podcast recorded and edited by the very talented Mr. Jeremy Demery. That being said, make sure you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod if you would like any and all bonus footage from each episode of this podcast. Pretty soon, they're going to be worth something someday. For $5 a month, you'll get up to at least a half hour of bonus footage. Let's introduce what we're doing. Uh, welcome to Building Bridges to Better Bits. <laughs> I wow, I love that. Alliteration. Alliteration. <laughs> I figured you would like that.
0: Barry Beatrice and Brad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm Beatrice. <Bre-tress. laughs> I can't even say it. Um, no, we're, we're really just kind of uh, winging this one. Um, taking bits that... And, and if you guys want to do this for your own, um, something that you're working on, not necessarily today, but next time, um, and, and do this, then let's, let's turn our, our putting our heads together and building bits into content. Because people love to see the gears turning. People love to see how the sausage is made. Yes. <laughs> and so let's put these pig parts together in a casing and call it a joke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, processed. Jeremy. I know you can't eat pig.
2: <laughs> 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 introduce yourself. Me, the Lebanese
1: are very Christian. Yeah, that's true.
0: So we love bacon.
1: <sighs> that yes. is true. I'm generalizing. Um, the, joining me, uh, I'm David Horning. Joining me, Steve Mers, and Jeremy Demery. The uh, the two others who put help us make you can't laugh at that possible. Say hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> All right, and that's our episode. I'm like hello, and then I laugh. <laughs> what mood is he in? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, Steve's the wild card of the group. He's the <laughs> he's the uh, the spark plug, the powder keg. Remember, I'm folks. not a co-pilot. I'm in no. the turret. Yep. Let's talk about me.
2: <laughs> yeah. David, if you don't know yet, David is contracting us to work on his material for him. Yep,
1: <laughs>
2: it's um, under the guise of having a
1: special episode of our podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, right. Here's what I want to do, though. I do want to. I do want to like work on our bits and and work them out, and you know, might as well do it together in a in a setting where it's like you can turn it into content.
0: I see. Uh, this, that's why I'm fine with it. I'm fine with this being a David episode for two reasons. Uh, One, he's done enough to help me out with my own comedy and my own bits. And two, I will find a way to make this about myself.
2: (laughs) No worries. I got this. What I would do, because I know better, uh, is this. And that's what I'm going to do a
1: lot. So, yeah. (laughs) yeah, We're going to be battling it out. Listen, I've done comedy for nine years, David. Uh. Nine years, if you count. The
2: Halloween yeah. that I started, it's going to be 10 years very soon. My successful.
0: favorite is, uh, I've been doing this since uh, 2000 or uh, 2012.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the year you started. Like,
2: yeah. I'm just trying to convince people because they are not aware of my work. I just want them to know that I've been doing it long enough to, to speak somewhat authoritarian, authoritatively. I almost said authoritarianly. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, you yeah,
0: should always preface it like, look, I've been failing at this for a really long time. Listen, though.
2: if you knew who I was, I wouldn't have to tell you how long I've been. <laughs> I but you don't know who I am. So I'm clearly not that talented. So maybe I should just shut up.
0: <laughs> it's not the talent. It's the it's the amount of opportunity you've been giving.
2: Right. Yeah. The amount of opportunity I've been squandering.
1: <laughs> so let's let's do this let's take a bit that each of us are working on and like once a month do like a 15 minute 20 minute um, little special to kind of work it out together I love it how do you guys feel about how do you feel about it Steve
2: I feel I've, I'm feeling it
1: because I want to hear I want to hear some of your new stuff you're such a good joke uh, writer uh, uh, I feel uh, like I've, I've got, been
2: I've got tons of new stuff but that needs a lot of work but will really work because I love it so much it has to work
1: Somehow that's it. You know, if you have that love, one thing
2: I learned in this book is that, you know, or one of these books, you know, I was going to say that they, some of these books describe how there's a difference between something being comedy or comedic or comic and something being funny. Something being funny is anything you laugh at is funny. Whether it's actually not really mechanically that funny or not, you just, for whatever reason you had a response to laugh Mm -hmm. it could be the worst joke in the world. But if you laughed at it, it's funny to you. Mm-hmm. but comedic comedy is more like a real art form where you're really doing a lot of mechanics and putting stuff together and it has value beyond your own subjective, whether you find it funny or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but wait, what were we just talking about though? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You like my jokes. Of course. Yes, I like your I jokes. <laughs> yeah. If you want to, but I mean, I, weren't we doing your, your set first? I didn't want to like wedge in.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you're saying, so what, here's here are the ground rules all right get a recording from an open mic that you've done the bit Mm um Uh so over the next month work some new stuff out and take the recording from what you think is the best that you did it regardless of audience reaction audience response doesn't matter the best that you did the bit and we'll talk about what went well uh what can go better, like what perspectives we have on it that might give you an insight on where you're taking it Um, and, and just talk it out. Um, And, and kind of the point of this pod, the the podcast itself anyway, is why things are funny. So like you talk about those books, you know, you laugh, you think it's funny and then you can put it into these categories as a comedic, as a comic, as a comedy. Um, I like to talk about why things are funny and then we can kind of combine the two together. I need
2: to get over
1: uh, hating watching myself do comedy because that's the
2: biggest reason. And I also have this inherent uh, superstition that when I record myself, I'm going to have a bad set. And it puts weird pressure on me to do better, even though it's honestly like does not exist. I'm just an in my head kind of a person. And so uh, what I need to do and what I planned on doing in the future is recording all my sets so that it just becomes the norm. I'm yeah. always recording. What's the big deal? Yeah. Um, and then I, I do plan on marketing myself heavily now because nobody knows anything. Like unless they've seen me do comedy or a local comedian, they don't know who I am. And I don't think people give me enough credit. So I need to like be like, here, look, look, this is joke. This is a joke that works. Yeah. And, I, you know, just keep posting them on Instagram, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Just throw on your story. Number one, <laughs> this story. Yeah. Right. And, and the story disappears after a day, but if you can consistently like, Oh, that, that Steve Murr's guy is far that Steve St. Eve guy is hilarious. Mm, <laughs> Facebook do we, find out? we don't know what his name is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, and there are some times where I'll record myself and I'll not listen to it because I know exactly why I bomb. So like, if I go up and I say something about the previous comic and get nothing i know that the audience was against me from the start and that's my fault and so i have to do better at at like bringing them in or my energy level is low or i'm stressed out and i brought it to the stage or you know whatever like the mindset things and not the uh not the little tweaks of like oh you forgot a tag here or oh you paused too long here or oh like no it's the, the energy that I bring to the stage um, really has an impact on that. And I know that a lot of times when I'll listen before I'll even listen back to something like be yourself, dude.
2: (laughs) There's, there's a constant. I noticed at least something like if I'm not nervous before I go on stage, I do really well and I have tons of energy, but if I'm nervous, I can do either, or I can do well nervous, but I will also often flake out. Usually because I'm high, but also because I might just be nervous. I don't know, but generally not nervous when I'm sober. So I just need to work on that.
1: What about you, Jeremy? Is that like a constant before you get on stage that you know if you're going to have a good set or not? Like looking back?
0: Yeah, it's whether or not, for one, whether or not I got good enough sleep the night before. Mm -hmm. If I'm well rested, I'm more than likely going to have an okay set. Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
0: Or at least I'll feel more confident with how I performed. Or, uh, two is whether or not I'm in a good mood. Yeah.
2: No,
0: I don't know. Cause like lately I've been going up angry. Something will like, something will happen and I'll get irritated and I'll go up with this like angry attitude And I don't know what it is, but it works for my, what people perceive me as. So if, if I can use that, then great. Um, if I, um, you know, if I can't, then I'll move on to something different, but, uh, yeah, it's, it really depends on like mood and whether or not I got a good night's rest the night before. Is yeah. definitely crucial.
2: You know, what? I noticed that. No, you, you know what it's, um, for me when I haven't had enough sleep or my brain's just not functioning to to its optimum level is i will be like um um that kills sets Mm -hmm. the ums because your just brain is not firing as quickly as it needs to be that will ruin a set
1: Mm -hmm.
0: most certainly
1: yeah regardless
2: of why that you're doing that
1: steve when i've when i've seen you thrive on stage it's like it's like there's a thread connecting all of the Disconnected bits You know There's like It just feels like Even though I don't know Exactly what that thread is I, I can just I can tell that you have Like you know What you're going to say And you're not even thinking About what you're going to say next But you know Like you know what I mean
2: So you reach a point Where you You have enough connections That are semi-related mm-hmm. So you can go up there And as long as I mean depending on The the way you Approach it uh, You can definitely interweave everything there at least mm-hmm. my, with my material i can do that but uh it doesn't always work out that way but mm-hmm. um, but it, oftentimes it is because i constructed the set to be like that it might seem like i'm just doing whatever but i will interconnect stuff both into bits about interrelated stuff and then in between those bits, interrelatedness between those bigger those bigger chunks even to make a, a larger set for like 15, 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. Jeremy, I think I think it's the authenticity of your irritation. Like, does it connect with the bit that you're saying? And I think sometimes we can fall into the habit of just saying the words and not Recite. meaning what we say yeah don't
2: recite mean what you say Yep. Yeah?
1: yeah and and when you so i saw you do it at hatfields a couple of weeks ago and like everything that you said hit like everybody was listening and it was later on in the mic too so everyone was exhausted but everybody that was still there was listening to what you were saying and you were getting laughs in places that i've seen like when you're when you just go up and you're just like nonchalant jeremy like not work like in this case it was working like the the skin of the slaughtered pig bit worked because you were like irritated about the fact that you were homeschooled and you don't have this understanding of this thing and and like i'm irritated that i'm confused by it this is what i think it is this is my perception of it and it irritates me because everybody else knows what this is but here i am like this is what it looks like to me and and it connected differently because there there was like oh he's being honest
2: yeah attitude you can't just say it neutrally. You have, to right. have an emotion attached to it.
1: Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. And that's it when I feel I do the worst too, is when I'm just like, I say this
2: after this. It can work without it, but it works way better with an emotion attached to it. So,
1: yeah. mm-hmm.
0: And that's tough too. When you, you're you doing new material, finding your voice in that material, and then also trying to build in the in the midst of that, the context in which, you're trying to bring these people into this world that you're trying to explain to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cause you know, in your head, you see it so vividly what you're talking about, but they don't. And you need to bring that to their, to be
2: there. Mm -hmm. It has to be here. (laughs) Yes. It doesn't have to be there. You didn't have to be there. You have to bring it here. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so it just sounded like a like a wrestler promo backstage
0: <laughs> i thought he was uh i thought he was like quoting nicholas cage at some point <laughs> bring the there here for them you
1: can't laugh at that how would you describe what a high concept premise is
2: um i can describe a high concept well let's see what's a What's a joke of mine? Because they're all high concept. <laughs> um, the, um, the, oh, your grandma in Texas. Uh, that's not high concept. I don't think I'm trying to think of what, Oh, here's a high concept. Um, I talk about how I'm a fair weather sports fan. I'm also a Fairweather hurricane relief volunteer. That's a high concept premise because it's a joke within the premise. It's irony built into the premise is a good mm-hmm. way of describing high concept you already got a funny premise. It may not be laugh out loud, funny, but it's inherently funny because of its irony. It's sad or yeah. Irony. Uh, and, uh, and then I do examples where I'm like, someone comes to my door and says, Hey, you want to go? And I'm like, nah, it's looking really shitty. out. I don't really want to go help you, help you with that. And it's like, that's the irony of it. It's like, that's your one job is it's supposed to be shitty out. You should be helping them stack sandbags, but you don't want to cause you're farewell. You know, it's all built into that. And then you,
1: it's two two premises at once to the the play on words and uh and also the the, the yeah 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 mm-hmm.
2: and I still remember where when and where I thought of that <laughs> I was in North Rome North Olmstead by Best Buy driving my car and I was just <laughs> like wow I have a weird memory like that I can remember where I was when certain things happened. Mm-hmm. I remember where I wrote the nun joke. I was in North Royalton doing door to door at someone's house waiting at the door. And I thought of it. I was like, this is a great idea. Yeah. It's weird how you, you remember those things, but. um,
1: Yeah. Mm. There, especially when you get a, because, because it evokes that emotion and I hope it does. Like when you come up with a joke, like you should, it should make you genuinely feel good and like laugh and surprise you. It's an and then you want to share that with the audience. And that's why we—that's why I do it. That's why it's like, oh, this is too funny to keep to myself. The
2: good jokes are epiphanies.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: you are like, wow, write it down. I mean, I'm very sick of these jokes. But when they came, I know that they
1: have the value. So it's how do you communicate that moment on stage, even though you've said this thousands of times? Luckily...
2: Luckily I like to put them away for a while so that they come back out fresh out of my face, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Cause otherwise it's just a grueling process.
1: Right. You know, you got to bring them, bring them back to the time when you were helping those North Royalton folks out with their hurricane relief. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, yeah. and I remember I remember when I uh, came up with this joke. this kid was uh, he came to the door and he had a super soaker and he and my roommate who was in town from South Carolina, was home and he opened the door because the kid was knocking on the door, knocking on the door. he kept he's he came over a bunch of times over a couple of day period this kid um, with a different toy every time. and so my roommate opened the door. This kid had a super soaker. And the second he opened the door, he pointed the super soaker at my roommate, like through the screen door and my roommate slammed the door shut <laughs> and uh, he, he sprayed like an instant later and it, it hit the, the window on the door. So he was like literally going to spray inside our house. Um, <laughs> and, and my roommate was pissed and I was like super annoyed because I've been ignoring the kid. I've yelled, like literally I've done everything that I say in the joke. Yelled at him. I tried ignoring him. I, I was like, you can't. Keep coming over here unless you need something. Um, And it was just at the point where I was so annoyed. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over there and I'm going to tell his mom I'm a sex offender. Mm. (laughs) And it it made me like and I just cracked up right when it came out of my mouth because it was one of those things that I said out loud and I didn't expect it <laughs> it's just it's kind of like let my brain just I'm so annoyed with this I'm gonna I, I'm a sex offender. and uh and my roommate laughed and I laughed and I was like oh this could be a bit and then uh and then I've, I've been working on it for the last month or so and uh this is this is what we have so far
2: why wouldn't why would you go out of your way to make up
1: all of that when you can go the easy route and just molest him because I need to make the joke funny. All right. I want to, I want to deliver the point without I want to get the status without doing all the cool stuff involved with it. (laughs) This is the
2: thing though, about telling a joke. I mean, obviously I was kidding and it's funny, but I wouldn't suggest you fundamentally changing the joke in that way. One of the things is, well, obviously, but the, the thing with me telling jokes is I don't want to talk about stuff like that because I know that a certain percentage of people have been, I just don't want to, Trigger people. I don't want people to feel, you know, trauma or whatever. If it's that bad for them, so it's like I just stay away from those things because I'm courteous. (laughs) Like it's like, don't be an asshole. Yeah, you can talk about whatever you want. It might be a bit extreme. Might cause people to laugh. It might be therapeutic for some people. But I'd say that it's safe just not do that.
1: I'm. uh, I'm calling the. If I were to put the joke on an album, I would. I would title it David's Rules. Um, and the whole point of the joke is that I'm an outside of the box thinker. Like I'm i I'm a problem solver. I'm a creative at, prob- at solving problems. And so what I want the joke to do is I want it to set up that I have these outside of the box kind of absurd solutions, um, that would technically work, but they're just like a little bit outside of the realm of possibility. Like would he, or wouldn't he do this? And then I build the absurdity in it so that the joke isn't about the fact that I'm saying I'm a sex offender. It's about like this is a solution to a problem with all the bad stuff. And it's leading into me solving all these other problems in weird ways. Think outside
2: of the writer's block.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And, and this, and again, like this is a premise where I can just sit down and be like, how, how is this, like, how can I think of a weird way to solve this problem? So any bit that I have that I'm stuck on, I can, I can immediately go back to that, that central point and maybe tie it to this joke when building a set. Yeah, I I like to uh, consider myself a problem solver. Um, So I've had this trouble with a neighbor, right? There's this four-year-old kid that lives with his mom next door, because he's a freeloader. And uh, he keeps coming over to my house, knocking on my door, trying to show me all the new toys that he's gotten. Over three days, he's knocked on my door 12 times. And yeah, he's four. I've seen the same super soaker a couple times because he's an idiot. But whatever, you know, his mom, she is oblivious. She has no idea this is happening. And I've tried everything. I've tried being nice. I've tried ignoring him. I've tried getting mad at him. Nothing seems to work. So I'm about to march over to his mom's house and tell his mom that I'm a sex offender. If she's a decent parent, she's not going to let that kid come back to this show and tell. (laughs) Right? Uh, And I'll commit to it, too. I will go down to the courthouse like, uh, where do I register? (laughs) Just confuse a magistrate. He wants to sign up for the list. (laughs) We don't have a protocol for this. What do we do? (laughs) Right? Because if his mom Googles me, I want my face to show up on that map. The only one who's smiling. Right? I want to show up to a mandatory meeting and be proud to be there. Like, this may be Megan's love. We're playing by David's rules. Maybe. That's my favorite joke in the <laughs>
0: Yeah, Yeah, that, that's such a... I like how you kind of you take it from your house and you kind of walk us to like the police station where you kind of like in a sense turning yourself in. That's such a unique approach to writing that joke because you think you would kind of stay there in that world with between you and that child, but be kind of like you break yourself off in a way where you don't necessarily think about the fact that you're. Interacting with a child anymore, because I think as comics we kind of tend to focus on like on that aspect of it, and then that's it almost becomes like creepy now in, in a way. Yeah, and I like how you you did that in a way where it didn't come across as like like because you know you're uh you, you know you're a you're an adult, you're a single adult. Like, why would you be interacting with the neighbor's kid at all? and he, you know this kid's been kind of foisted on you because he's the one who's kind of inconven- inconveniencing your life which is such a good approach to how to accomplish a joke like that the only the only thing i would add is uh when you approach the mom or you say like i want to tell the mom i am a sex offender i w- i would s- I don't know, because like, I'd be like, I would say that, like, when I, I, I want to tell the mom that I'm a sex offender, sure, it's unrelated charges, but nonetheless, I'm still a sex offender, you know? Because you, you can become a sex offender by simply taking, like, a piss in a public area.
1: Right. Mm. And
0: being busted by the cops for in, in, indecent exposure.
1: Would that distract from the story, though?
0: Yes, it would. That's, yeah. That was my own problem with my own you never want
2: to distract the audience even with the littlest thing if that's why when you screw up a joke it kills the joke because mm-hmm. they just you you, you got to give them the smoothest ride to the finish
1: and then that's it Right. And that's why I go from okay, this kid's doing this thing. I don't know what to do about it. I go to his mom. I tell her this thing. I need to commit to this thing. So I go to the courthouse. Uh you know, I ask this outlandish thing that they've never seen. Nobody's ever voluntarily wanted to do this. And then because of that, now I I have to go to this mandatory or or now if she looks me up, here I am, like I'm on this list because I've committed to this. I have to go to these mandatory meetings. I'm the only one who's proud to be there. You're smiling. Um, Love that detail that's very yeah. important crux yeah. of the joke and and what i do too when i say that line um the only one that's smiling i'll yeah. pause i'll let the laugh start to die down a little bit and then i'll give a big smile just a little non-verbal thing um, yeah. and that and that got a huge laugh at hatfield's once um and so i'm just gonna keep doing it because i feel like it's so
0: <laughs> it's perfect like that is uh, that's the, in my, the apex of that joke, man, that's where like things really, in my opinion, like, Oh, this is in my mind, that's when that joke becomes something in my head. You know, does that make sense?
1: Yeah. 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 And I do want to take them on that journey and you gave me a really good idea too. Um, where else do, uh, where, where else do parents who like aren't paying attention to their kids bother people? And so, So I'm going to, I might take that joke onto a plane. I might take that joke into a grocery store. Like I might take that joke. You know, there are any, a school zone, like I got a speeding ticket in a school zone and I told the cop it's for the kids own good. I'm a sex offender. Like Mm -hmm. uh, just give all these examples and see which ones hit, throw that in there. But, but it's, it's, it won't fit into that joke just yet. Like Megan's, uh, we might, this might be Megan's law, but we're playing by David's rules. Like after that, maybe.
0: Yeah. I I mean, and I think that like, I would, I would try and fit in a way, like, because you're not going to argue with the child. You're an adult. Like, yeah. why would an adult be arguing with a child at, in any way, shape or form? You can't reason with them. Mm -mm. And no matter what you look like an asshole because you're the, uh, like the reasonable person in the situation who's trying to argue with a child.
2: So,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, there's, and I kind of turn it on his mom too. You know, if she's a decent parent, she's not going to let that kid come back to this show until.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And I didn't used to say that too. I, I, I was, trying to find a punchline there. Cause it was always, if she's a decent parent. She's not going to let that kid come back. And it was like, there's not, there there's potential for something funny there. Cause I do the, the, there's the big punchline that I'm a sex offender that gets a big laugh. And then I follow it up with nothing. And so I, I, for like a week, I, I kept trying to work things into that. Like what's, what's something funny I can say that's, describing what's happening in a different way oh he's coming over to do like a show and tell that's a very harmless thing until you attach this new information that i just revealed to it and now it's funny hey
0: i agree like i would even set it up like i've been having problems with the neighborhood kids like because you can't leave your you know what i mean like it's one thing like if you're in a grocery store or you're I guess a plane you might like that this kind Ooh. of applies to in a plane because you got to think of a situation which you can't get really necessarily leave.
1: I've been working from home,
0: right? So yeah, you're working from home. Whatever it's like, you're not you're not able to move. It's not practical to move from your house because you're having problems with the neighborhood kids. You're gonna try and address the situation. A plane works. Uh, a grocery store you can leave. mm Hmm. I would say that you would have to be in a scenario in which your uh, ability to leave the situation is limiting.
1: Mm. That's a good Otherwise
0: idea. The joke falls apart. Right. Why wouldn't you just leave? Well, I, home. I can't leave my home.
1: I do like that. I do like that a lot um, because I've been trying to figure out like, what, how do I open that bit? And because like that was the beginning of my set that night, I, I just just like put it out there. I'm a, I'm a problem solver, so I plant the seed of the central theme of of the bit of the whole set because I do another joke that kind of falls into the sort of falls into like the pedophile joke side of things uh, to follow up with that.
0: I admire your bravery on that because in my mind, if I'm gonna work on a new bit, I'm gonna do an old tried and true joke up top up top. To prove to the audience I'm funny. Mm -hmm. And then here's the new thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. I admire your bravery when it comes to like, I'm going to work on the new thing up top. See how that goes. Because I guess you're getting a truer sense of like, is this bit strong enough to stand on its own? Yep. Whether or not you really have the credibility yet with that audience.
1: Right. I think that's true. Right. Um, and I try to, you know, I, I feel like, so I felt the emotion that I felt that day. And, and anytime I feel that the joke just flows, um, that just that just got this fucking kid again, what do I do? Just kind of that helplessness that, um, that impatience that just I'm, I'm fed up with this shit. And if, if the audience feels that too, I mean, he's an idiot, he's a freeloader. His mom doesn't care. Like these are all things we can relate to because we've all been around a, a parent <clears throat> who is not paying attention to their kid, whether it's in public or whether we know that person or whatever. And so I, that I want to communicate that feeling to them. So I want to connect with them on that. And that was kind of the, the purpose for the a little bit longer of a setup. And that's why I was like, I need to sprinkle some, some uh, bells and whistles into that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the reveal that I'm a sex offender has always gotten a laugh. So I'm confident in opening the set with that. Like even the first time I told it, it got a laugh. I think it was a TikTok. Um, and the goal of that joke, because I mean, it was a room with just comics. It ended like uh, Brian heckled something from, from the audience about me like fucking the kid. And I was like, the goal was for me to not to fuck the kid in the joke. <laughs> that's the last thing that i want and of course i'm doing this in a room full of comics so it always ends with me fucking a kid i might as well buy a van like your own misadventure yeah yeah so and 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 yeah so that that little crowd work worked that night so it's like oh if if the audience takes it that way then i have i have something to fall back on um because i believe in the bit i believe in in what i'm saying you can't laugh at that. I've always had an unconventional approach to things, though. Like, when I was a kid, I used to be scared of a lot of weird things. Now I'm not scared of it as much anymore, because I learned to lean into it. Like, I used to be scared of the girl from The Ring. Do you guys remember The Ring? Yeah. Remember that movie? I do if you remember The Ring. Seven yeah. days, man. Hell yeah! It he scared the shit out of me. I was so scared of that girl, but then eventually I got to an age where I was like, "This is ridiculous. Why are you scared of this girl? You need to lean into this fear, get over this fear." So I'm no longer scared of the girl from the ring because now she is my type. <laughs> yeah, I love a lady that comes out of a well. Throw <laughs> in a quarter, get a girlfriend. <laughs> Best wish ever. <laughs> right, that is how you turn a nightmare into a wet dream. Um, all right, all right, that, uh, that was a well joke. It um, <laughs> wasn't a good joke, but it was a well joke. <laughs> that was a grammar joke. About a well joke. <laughs> I like that. It is joke inception, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. People are like, David, she was nine when she died in the movie. Yeah but the movie takes place 30 years after she dies, so technically I'm dating an older lady. You <laughs> a good thing about dead nine-year-olds? Why would I start a joke with that? I thought of this on the way, and I was like, oh, this is going to kill. Uh, I keep <laughs> getting older, they keep getting... You keep getting older, uh, and they say the same <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to edit that because
2: um, that was a good joke. Okay. You, you already have the tag already to give you. What's that? Great. I said you had the tag already. I didn't know you had that, and I was going to try and give you that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, the good
2: thing about dead
1: nine-year-olds.
2: <laughs> get, but there's got to be a way you can change that a little bit where you're like, I keep getting older. They keep getting older, but the same age or something where it's kind of like because they're dead. You got to incorporate something about necrophilia or the fact that they're. Asleep. No,
0: I think that the way you had it is perfect
1: that's shut up jeremy i'm I, i'm gonna throw in a line where like i love pulling her hair and then just getting a big clump of it <laughs> like, no,
2: i think jeremy's right because i think it's a very simplistic thing yeah i'm i might be I, there may not be anything there to make it more complex and worth the complexity and yeah stay simple like that
1: and, and too, like depending on whether it works or not i can throw in like a uh, yeah, that was a good joke, or or uh, that was a bad joke. Don't hold a grudge, um, and reference that movie. Like, the grudge, yeah. yeah. The,
0: the don't thing I the like grudge. about Dead Kids is they <laughs> stay the same age. Is so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
2: a perfect addition.
0: Children, <laughs> timeless
1: classic. <laughs> And it's one of those things too, where they, like I have to have won them over. If the um if the the sex offender bit didn't work before that, I was not going to bring that joke out the the ring bit at all. I probably would have closed with something I know that would work, uh, that would work. So so that's it's definitely dependent on that.
0: Like the uh, the funny thing is now the the girl from the ring is my type. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs>
1: That's yeah, th- that's just one of those things where it's like, what have what have I been scared of, or what do I not like, and how do I lean into it? And like, how far can I take that? And well, oh, like, like,
0: you know, one of those things where you face your fears head on,
1: yeah, and then yeah,
0: all of a sudden now the thing that you're afraid of is your favorite thing, and now yeah, you're women coming out of wells,
1: <laughs> yep, a <laughs> very specific fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, just crank that crank that joke out, you know. That
0: bit.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to keep working out. Those are the ones that I'm really going to fo- put. So I'm hosting this show at Hatfields tonight. I'm not going to like open with them, um, but I'll, I'll close with probably the sex offender one. All right. Um, Goldknock Studio for all the stuff you need done in a studio. Whether it's hair, makeup, or podcasts, Jeremy's got you. I can't I can't promise your hair or makeup will look better than it did when you got there, but his intent was good. Golden lock studio. <laughs> uh, Steve Mers LLC. If you need something mm-hmm. recorded shot in full eight K six K six K split the difference between the K's <laughs> Steve Mers will shoot you. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> And make sure you listen to You Can't Laugh at That, the podcast that offends your grandmother but then makes it okay by the end. Follow our Patreon, and next month we're going to do a bit by – who wants to do it? A bit by what? Who wants to Who wants to bring a bit oh, to work I'll bring on? A bit.
2: I'll bring a bit. Okay. Steve Merz. It'll work really well, and we won't have much to say about it. It's just going to come in.
0: Then I'll to- wait. I'll wait a little bit. And then I'll bring a bit,
2: yeah, and hope that bit'll hit. Well, listen to mine and be like, "Wow, that's perfect." We're not going
1: to do anything to that. We'll
0: talk a little
2: bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know. Honestly, submit it to Comedy Central. That's there what you go. Should
0: be called "Talk a Little Bit."
1: Talk a little bit. Uh, yeah, talk a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> not a lot, baby girl. Just a little bit.
0: You can't laugh a little. Welcome, bit. welcome to "Talk a Little Bit," where we uh, go through bits and. They're little.
1: About
2: little kids. <laughs> bits and chunks.
1: Yeah, there we go. Blowing bits. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing chunks.
0: Take a look at our little bits. It
1: sounds like puking or shrapnel. Nibbles and comedy. There you go. <laughs> All right. Fucking fuck comedy. Alright, boys. I'll see you on the other side of this thing. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Can't Laugh at That. Yet. That's the working title. Uh, But... Once a month we're going to try to do a bonus episode where we will take one of our bits and break it down and uh, figure out how to make it better. It's a bit that is currently in progress, not one that is a finished product just yet. We're working to get it there even though uh, bits are living and breathing things that uh, can always be continually worked on. Uh, So we want to show part of that process in in, in these special episodes. So if you are interested in being a part of one of these episodes, if you want a bit uh, that you are working on, if you want us to talk about it, uh, help you break down, maybe discover some new perspectives, new ideas, new points of view on the bit that you're working on, say you're going through some writer's block, we'd be happy to help. Uh, Submit your idea to booking at watercoolercomedy.org And uh, you can be part of an episode We'll bring you on, we'll talk to you about the bit Uh, Just send us a recording of the bit It can be audio, it can be video You can send a a link, you can send a file to that email address And if you need to attach it via Dropbox or via um, Google Drive We'd be happy to give it a listen. So that's that. Thanks for listening to this hastily thrown together episode of You Can't Laugh at That. Yes. Make sure you follow us on social media Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That, Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod, and Instagram at TheDavidHorning. Catch you next time. Keep laughing, keep writing, keep getting up there, and keep proving that no matter what, you can laugh at that. Later. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of you can't laugh at that. Make sure if you haven't already to rate us on Apple podcasts or whatever podcast platform, you get your episodes of you can't laugh at that. Make sure you're subscribed make sure you share with your friends like us and follow us on social media We're at you can't laugh at that on facebook and you can't laugh pod on twitter on instagram you can follow the david horning that is my personal instagram account where i post any things you can't laugh at that that i don't post on facebook or twitter make sure you join our patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod you'll get access to special bonus footage that we cut from the main episode because, not not because it's bad, but because it just doesn't fit the theme of the episode. We want to keep these episodes within an hour and 20 minutes or so. Otherwise, we'd run the light big time. We don't want that. So make sure you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash youcantlaughpod. $5 a month gets you access to all the bonus footage. $10 a month gets you access to You Can't Laugh At, You Can't Laugh At That, which is a series that we will be starting in September of 2021 where we will go back through each one of our episodes and talk about what we've learned and how we've used some of that in our own comedy to prove that you can laugh at that so yeah that's really it thanks again for listening to our episode and we hope that you found a way to laugh at that